Shalom Aleichem, Shavua Tov to all of you lovely listeners of this beautiful and great station, a station that brings to your home She'ore Torah, religious music, and all kinds of religious items. This is Rabbi Elbaz. It says in Parashat Va'ethanan, which we're going to be reading in a few weeks, it says over there in the Ten Commandments, Aseret Adiberot, Shamor et Yom HaShabbat lekadesho, Ka'asher Sivecha Hashem Elokecha. It says that we're supposed to keep this, the Shabbat, keep it, make it holy. Then he says, as you were, as Hashem, you, the Kadosh Baruch Hu commanded you in the past, meaning that he commanded you some time ago. When was that commandment? So Rashi brings the Midrash. He says the commandment was at Mara. Now, before I ask the question here, let's understand what is Mara and what does it represent. As soon as the Bnei Israel crossed the Red Sea and they were on the other side, then it says, Vayesa Moshe et Israel miyamsuf. Moshe Rabbeinu tried to push the Bnei Israel to move. Like, it, like a, uh, forcing them gently to move. Why forcing them? Because the Egyptians, they were decorating their chariots and their horses with gold and silver and gems and all kinds of precious stones. And when the water drowned them, these jewels were coming out and landing by the shore. And obviously the Bnei Israel, when they see such beautiful things on the shore, they were picking them up. So Moshe Rabbeinu had to sort of gently move them out of there. And they picked up a lot because Bizat Ayam was even more than Bizat Mitzrayim. But then they walked for about three days. And then they had no water. And they came to this place called Mara. It's called Mara because there was plenty of water there, but the water was bitter. Mara from Lashon Mar, bitter. You couldn't drink it. We turned to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu, we need water. It's a desert here. It's hot and dry. We need water. But Yitzhak Moshe Hashem, Moshe Rabbeinu cried out to Hashem, prayed, Vayorehu Hashem Etz. HaKadosh Baruch Hu showed him a certain tree. He says, you take a piece of that tree, take a branch from there, throw it into this bitter water, it'll become sweet. It became sweet. But Chazal say that that particular tree was a bitter tree. The tree itself was it was bitter. So we have here a miracle within a miracle. You have a bitter tree that is thrown into bitter water and he made it sweet. It's almost unbelievable. But that's what happened. Now, at that point, it says, Sham Sam Lochoko Mishpat. 
at that point, Moshe Rabbeinu gave three mitzvot to the Bnei Israel. Remember, we're talking about before Matan Torah. Matan Torah is going to be some almost seven weeks later. So he gave them these three mitzvot in order to occupy themselves with some studying and learning. One other three mitzvot that he gave them. Rashi brings the Midrash. He gave them Shabbat, Dinim, Para Aduma. Why these three? Because these three represent the three categories that we have of the mitzvot. We have what we call mitzvot called Edut. A mitzvah that testifies to HaKadosh Baruch For example, Shabbat is one of them. When we, when we celebrate the Shabbat, we sing HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world in six days and rested on the Shabbat. So we're testifying that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world. It's Eidud. So is the Mu'adim. Sukkot because Hashem gave the Ananim the cloud of glory for the Bnei Israel. We're testifying to that and so on and so forth. This is one category. The other category is between man and fellow man. That's dinim. Dinim, having judges, and the judge taking cases between a person and the next, all kinds of cases. That's mishpat. It's mishpatim. And finally, hukim. A hok is a decree. A gezerah from Hashem. There's no logic to it. And that was the para aduma. So here we have representation in these three Shabbat, Dinim, and Paraduma, representation of the three categories that we have. So here we have the Shabbat is here. It's part of the three. So this is when we say, Hashem as Hashem commanded you, she brings the Midrash in Mara, because here we gave those three, one of them was Shabbat. Question is, why do we go to Mara? Why not? During Matan Torah. Matan Torah, Kadosh Baruch Hu gave us the Shabbat. Why, why the Midrash is taking us all the way to Mara? Isn't the Aserda Debirot important enough? Why go to Mara? Say, because of the Aserda Debirot. It's Shabbat, and that's it. There is a very specific reason, Rabotai. In yesterday's parasha, we said, Zot Hukat HaTorah. This is a hok of the Torah. And which one is it? The Para Aduma. The Para Aduma is the height of all the hukim that we have. We have other decrees. Kilayim, for example. Sha'atnes, you're not supposed to have linen and wool together. Forbidden foods. Hazir and all kinds of forbidden foods. These are all hukim. They say Sa'ira Mishtalea is also a hok. That is the goat that is thrown out on Yom Kippur. That's also a hok. And there are about at least half a dozen hukim. But the paraduma is on top. Why? Because all the others, even though they decrease, and even though there is no logic behind them, Somehow the hachamim gave a little bit of a ta'am for them. There's some, some siba, something about it. 
When it comes to the Parah Aduma, nothing. V'yikhu elecha, Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu. They're going to take to you. What does that mean to you? You're the only one that's going to get the sword of the Parah Aduma. You're the only one that's going to get that secret. Even Shilomo HaMelech, the greatest of all, the man who's the wisest of all men, he said, Amarti I thought I'd be wise. It's very far from me. He tried to get the reason behind the Paraduma, but he couldn't. Why? There was a paradox in here. The people that are preparing the Paraduma, whether burning it or sprinkling it, whatever, they were Tahor before. And now they become Tameh, they become contaminated. And the people that are contaminated, Tameh, they come here, they're sprinkled upon, and they become Tahor. There's a paradox here. It's very, 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 very hard to understand. And you know something, if you look into the Hinuch, the Hinuch was a great work. Unfortunately, we don't know who actually uh, uh, authored that book was a tremendous, it must have been someone who was Gaon, Gaon Atsum. And his main work is like, he gives a reason for every mitzvah. He goes, gives a reason for it. When it came to the mitzvah of Parah Duma himself, he says, Rafu Yadai. My hands became weak. I could not, I just, I, I just could not give it. If Shilomo Amir could not understand it, he could not. Is the most illogical of all the decrees. But this is the only one of all the others where it says Zot Hukat Hatora. The word Hok only exists by the Paraduma. You will not find Hok by Sha'atnes, you will not find it by, by Kilayim, you will not find it by all the, all the other, you're not going to find it by the Hazir, by the pork that we carry, forbidden foods, only here. The only time that the hook was done. And it is the most illogical. And one of the other reasons why it is the most illogical is at Marah, Hashem told them, Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, take this branch of tree that's bitter and throw it into the bitter water, become sweet. Now you say to yourself, that's, you know, that, that doesn't make any sense. I, you know, it happened to me once, and I had coffee. Coffee is bitter. And instead of putting sugar into it, the, the, it somehow that it container that had sugar had salt. I put salt into into the coffee and became even worse. Something bitter into something bitter is going to be even worse. But here, it becomes sweet. So this is right next to the Paraduma, which is the Hok. And Hashem is saying to the Bnei Israel, just like what you see now, that this bitter thing into the other bitter, it becomes sweet. You can't understand it. And it still works. The same thing with the Paraduma. Even though you don't understand it, it works. This is a Gezerah Melefanai. It's illogical. But this is my gizera, and it will make a tummy, it will make him tahor.
Now, up to now, we're saying, well, there is no reason to the paraduma, and for good, you know, for good cause. Yet, when you look into Rashi, and Rashi brings, he brings the ta'am. He brings something from the midrash, and he says, "Mashal leben shifha shitinef paltin." So, I'll give you an example. The child of a of a maid he had an accident. He was in a palace, and he made a mess. Oh, so what happens? Tavo imo the mother has a responsibility to clean up the mess. So he says the egel, the egel azav, that was a mess. He did a big, a big sin by taking the egel and calling it Ele He said, "This is your God." Tavo para let the, the mother para is the mother of the egel. Because a calf, a para, a cow is the mother. Let the para, aduma, come and clean up the mess. This is what they say. Question, what is the connection here? I mean, I can understand a mother of a child, okay, cleaning up, well, fine. But here we have an egel. It has no connection with the para. A para is para aduma. Yes, it is a, a egel. It's not her child. It's a egel. What's the connection between the two? Well, there's two. There are two reasons I'm going to give. The first one is like this. Adam Arishon, when he was in Gan Eden, he could have lived forever, until he sinned. When he sinned. HaKadosh Baruch Hu decreed, that's it. Shana. A man cannot live more than 120 years. Death was brought in. Then came Matan Torah. When Matan Torah came, death was removed. What does that mean, death was removed? It was not removed completely. I mean, people were dying after that. The pshat is that the death through Malachamavit was removed. And death was only going by Akalushwarhu only. What's the difference? When the death is with the Malachamavit, then the person that's deceased has Tum'ah in it. When it's by Akalushwarhu directly, there is no Tum'ah. So what happens at Matantora, we had what we call Herut Mimalachamavit. It was freedom from death through Malacham Avet, and the Tum'ah was gone. When they sinned with the Egel, the death with Tum'ah came back. Mavet with Malacham Avet came back. So now the Egel caused the Tum'ah to come back to the mat. Therefore, the para which removes the Tum'ah from the mat is Mechaper on the Egel. Makes sense. This one is causing the Tumah, and this one is removing the Tumah. And here we understand, uh, uh, we can answer another question. Uh, the Paraduma does not remove the Tumah from any other case. For example, a Mitzorah, a leper, or a person that touched a, a dead sheres, a reptile, it becomes Tameh. That has nothing to do 
with with the paraduma. It doesn't help them. Only tumah that came through death. That's the only one, because that's the one that came through the sin of the egel. This one comes to remove it. That's that's one pshat. Another pshat is like this. The Gemara tells us about a little story about this person called Dama ben Netina. Dama ben Netina was a goy. He was a goy. And he was a jeweler. He dealt with gems. And it so happened that the, the Jews at that time, they needed one of the stones, the precious stones that goes into the breastplate of the Kohen Gadol. The Hoshen, that we call the Hoshen, the Hoshen of the Kohen Gadol. And, and, and they needed one. They went to him to buy. It's an expensive one. So they tell him, so it's a fine, no problem. But he goes to the chest where these precious stones are, and he sees that uh, the key to that chest was under the pillow of his father. And his father was sleeping at the time. He didn't want to wake up his father. He came back. He said, I'm sorry. I, I, I cannot. I'm not going to wake up my father. I have great respect for him. I'm not going to take the key. That's it. He lost the deal. Great deal. Could I make millions? Next year, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave that same person, Daba Benetina, he gave him a para aduma. A para aduma. So when the Bnei Israel heard he had a, a paraduma. They came to him. A paraduma. <laughs> Where do you find that? There were nine altogether throughout history. So uh, before they even see, say a price, whatever, he, he says to them, he says to the Hagamim, he says, I know you will give me any money in the world for this paraduma. All I want from you is what I lost in the deal last year when you came to buy that Jew, that gem. That's all I want. Fine. Question is, why did Hashem reward him only with the paraduma? Because I rewarded him many other, many other ways. Let him go uh, cut a tree and find a treasure. There's so many ways a person, Hashem can make a person rich. Why only the paraduma? Because after that incident, there was a kitrug in Shamayim. There was some kind, the Malachim had a big argument with Hashem. Look, here's a guy. Look at the kind of respect he gave to his father, despite this great deal that he had. And, uh, you know, he, he still respects his father. Can the Bnei Israel do such a thing? So Hashem said to, him, to them, Look, I gave him paraduma because I wanted him himself to testify to the greatness of the Bnei Israel. He said to them, I know you'll give me millions and millions, anything, any money in the world that I ask you, you will give it to me. You will. Imagine. The Bnei said, we're willing to give any amount of money 
to get a paraduma. A paraduma that has no reason whatsoever. Something that's illogical. This is the answer to the sin of the ego. We can understand the paraduma is mechaper, the ego. In the ego, they denied Hashem. Here, midah can I get midah. Here they're saying, oh, not only you will recognize Hashem, but we're willing to pay any money in the world to do a mitzvah from Hashem that has absolutely no reason whatsoever. Rabotai, in the world today and years back, we're always constantly being judged by our neighbors. We have to show Kiddush Hashem at all times, like the Bnei said, did with the Paraduma. We are supposed to be the Amsegula. We're supposed to be model people. We're supposed to show everyone that we do things right. We don't cheat anyone. We deal everybody with honesty. I'm just going to finish by saying a very, very short maaseh about this man who his wife was about to deliver a baby and he had to rush her to the hospital. He's from Borough Park. He had to rush to Manhattan where her doctor was. Now, we're talking about 20 years ago at the time where there was no easy pass. You just have to pass through somebody, give him the cash and go. But because he was in a rush, he passed, did not give the money, and ran. Fine. So he went to the doctor. The baby was delivered properly. Everything was fine. A few hours later, he came back. And he came back to the same person that he crossed before without paying. He came over to him and he said to him, you see, I'm sorry, I had to go before, but now I want to pay you double. I want to pay you for now, and I want to pay you for before. And the guy said to him, he said, I know you people, you know, you Jews, religious people, you're very honest. He said, when you passed me, didn't pay me. I did not call the police after you, because I knew you'll come back and pay me. That's a Kiddush Hashem. This is Kiddush Hashem. Vihitem li ne'am segula. We have to treat everyone in a way that they will look at us uh, uh, properly, glorify us, honor us. That's the way we should always deal with everybody. So Rabbutai, just want to remind you again, this beautiful station here. Please, whenever you're ready to give any contributions to a good cause, this is the one. You hear always your Torah from various different rabbis, Hasidim, Mitnagdim, Sefaradim, all over. And this is a jewel of a station that gives you really what you need, something that you must have in the house for your children, 
to expose them to the proper life of Torah. And also remind you that we always welcome to come and visit our social hall at SLC. And for any simha that you have, Bezat Hashem will take very good care of you. Shavua Tov, Iskula Misvot.